0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of Casting the Net. Today concludes our two part series on Lent. And so, as always, the guys have a great discussion. Today, they talk about the importance of working on the small things to keep a relationship with God. They talk about how shortcomings and failures in Lent are okay, it's really the effort that counts. They go into some detail on spiritual mediocrity. And how it should be unacceptable to us. They talk about conversion and how Jesus refuses to be a rock star in the second temptation. And they also go into some additional detail on the book written by Father Dubay. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we will see you again next week.
1: Hi, I'm Father Dave Noss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingvy. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. And we are back, casting the net, continuing a a series that we have begun in the season of Lent. And this time, we are resolved to get into the book that we (laughs) introduced the last time as an inspiration for us in the Lenten season. And, Rick, I'm going to let you just, I'm going to hand off the ball and I'm going to let you scamper for 60 yards. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Run into my center and no, get tackled break through the line. <laughs> break through the line, brother. <laughs> um,
0: well, uh, as we mentioned last time, we're going to be working through um, the book Deep Conversion, Deep Prayer by Father Thomas Dubay, who was um, a Mar- Marist, not a Marianist. Yes. A Marist, a member of the Society of Mary. Um, and uh he he's he starts off the book I, I think with a really, really interesting um uh tale from the life of Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. Um ele- well twelfth century. twelfth century doctor of the church, correct? Giant. Yeah. Giant I mean, of the church. Founded yeah. the one of, one of the founders of the Cistercian Order. Yes. Pretty important in, in yes. helping uh monks in the the, the, the Middle Ages. Reform. Yes. But um, yes. Father Dubé, uh quotes a line from a homily um, that Bernard of Clairvaux once gave. Uh, Bernard of Clairvaux says that there are more people converted from mortal sin to grace than there are religious, and by religious he means monks and nuns, mm. other monks and nuns, converted from good to better. <laughs> um <laughs> And, and what do you mean? And, and Dubé, incidentally, he thinks the reason why he he quotes this is because Thomas Dubé thinks this doesn't apply just to religious, applies to all Christians, yeah. um, lay people, ordained priests, and so forth. But um, what what Bernard means by this is um, there are way more people who give up serious forms of alienation, like serious uh, serious moral failings and other sorts of failings that keep them from God. Um, Than there are people who work on the small things to to deepen that relationship mm. with God. Mm. Is, I mean, is, is that clear enough? Yeah. Okay. It, all right.
1: It it really is to me. It what it gets at is the acceptance of mediocrity. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, there's a certain external compliance that I meet, but it has nothing to do with interior transformation. That's right. That's right. And and Dubay is quoting a doctor of the church. In setting forward to us, it seems to me, um, a very hopeful um, a hopeful appeal that no matter how great the alienation has been, how far we have strayed, how great um, the rebellion has been from God and his church, that uh, grace, God's own working, is far greater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and God's desire never wanes. Mm-hmm. And God wants us to come to know and to love and to serve Him. I mean, seriously, what kind of a lent would it be if all of us were somehow captured, right, by mercy in our own shortcomings and failures? Mm-hmm. Right? That the failures and the shortcomings, they 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 neither define us nor they neither become excuses for us just simply not to continue. Right, right.
0: No, and the, I mean, there's a Father Dubay to to illustrate the point you were just making about um, about you know not settling for mediocrity and and being open to God's grace and and just you know putting forth the effort. Like it sounds, it sounds like just a heavy lift. Yeah, you know, it sounds like tremendous work. But Father Dubé Dubé points out that, um, you know, I mean, God rewards the effort, and he he uses the the prodigal son story to illustrate that point, you know? Yeah. Right? The the son who takes the inheritance and goes to to parts unknown to enjoy it, only to realize that he had it better at his father's house— and wants to return and on his way back he's he's thinking about all of these grandiose things he's going to say to his dad um but as he's as he's approaching the house from a distance his dad already sees him and welcomes him home you know rushes out to meet
1: him with nary a word that the dad needs to hear That's right. That's right. So the son has come home.
0: Yeah, I mean so any sort of any sort of spiritual transformation is always the heavy lifting is done by God and we we consent to it we open ourselves up to that yeah. work. Um, yeah. So it's it's not this. Um, I mean, it is it is work. It does take effort, but um, it's not you know it's not Sisyphus pulling pushing the boulder up the hill right. only to have it roll down again, and then we have to start right. over. That's right.
1: Know. So I think that's a powerful beginning to his book, as he kind of frames the uh, the, the spiritual life. Yeah,
0: and he's it's it, he offers a helpful illustration just to just to make clear. How unacceptable spiritual mediocrity should be to us. Um he draws a parallel between um our relationship with God and and then a, a relationship we have with a spouse. Yes. Say like more we,
1: about that because I thought that was great too. Yeah.
0: So I mean, it would be like um the point he was he was citing from from Bernard, uh it would be like me saying to my wife, I'm gonna love you in, in big ways, like the major ways but i'm not we're going to work very hard with the small stuff. So like <laughs> i'll get through the day and you know i haven't committed adultery so that's that's you know that's a major way of loving you that's pretty good. But i'm still going to criticize how you fold laundry and i'm still going to like criticize how you just you know throw the trash out the door but you never get it into the trash can. Like i'm going to i'm going to pick on you for that stuff. Yeah, grouchy, like, yeah, right. salty, like, edgy. Nobody would nobody would find that acceptable. Like my yeah. wife wouldn't be satisfied. I wouldn't be satisfied. Nobody would be satisfied by yeah. that. Yeah. Um I mean, you know, God isn't, we don't want to anthropomorphize him and say that like he, he's, you know, hurt by that, but it's, it's not what he wants for us. He, sure. wants, he wants so much more for, from us for us. Yeah. Did I say that right? Uh, you did. Okay. All right.
1: And let me apply it to church. Uh, a different kind of fatherhood from my perspective. Um, coming to Mass, right? Coming to Mass and yet not being, um, not being mindful of those around mm. me, yeah. um, there, there perhaps there's a, there, there's a family in front of us in the pew in which we're sitting, and that family is having some challenges with some children mm. that might even be familiar to you, Rick. I don't know, <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> right? And there's a lot of different ways that we can respond, and maybe the Lord wants us to be of assistance or to offer assistance or at least to suspend judgment because you didn't know that the parents were up all night up long all night without, yeah. and they absolutely were heroic in marshaling themselves and their kids to even come to church yeah, just getting there right so right. just an encouraging word um refraining from um a nonverbal glance of disapproval mm-hmm. all of these things they matter immensely they do yeah yeah
0: um, yeah, you know, so that's how he kicks off the uh kicks off the book. <clears throat> and in chapter 2, and that's basically the 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 gist of chapter 1 and chapter 2, he turns um specifically to the question of conversion and looks mm-hmm. at, you know, what is it what does it entail. And he notes that um uh Mark in, in Mark's gospel, which, you know, in terms of in terms of which gospel was written first, uh, you know, I think it's pretty much scholarly consensus that Mark was written first. So it's it's significant that um that this is in the first chapter of Mark, but Father Dubay notes that in Mark one fifteen, right off the bat, you know, how Christ begins his public ministry, he starts with these words. He says, Be converted. You know, yeah. be be changed, yeah. be um transformed. You know, we, we tend to reduce conversion to like um, negatives, you know, taking things out of our lives, like uh, especially things that we think are fun or enjoyable. Yes, um, and indeed, like conversion does entail removing some things, but that's not that's not all there is to it. I mean, there is a positive element too. It's it's growing in love, right, and being changed um, from your current
1: condition to something completely different, something completely better. Yeah, conversion is not a negation. No, it is an evolution. That's right. I, imagine learning something, right? And I have to be converted from that which I do not know and un, and am unable to do mm-hmm. to proficiency with with whatever it may be. So I'm converting from not knowing how many keys are on a piano to to learning the keys and, and learning how what the keys are and and mm-hmm. the sounds that they make and practicing time and again so I'm less conscious and more reflexive and suddenly I'm able to 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 put notes together and and mm-hmm. and Perform yeah. and have great joy in in accomplishing the task. Yeah, you've improved. I've improved, you know, that and that's, conversion is improvement.
0: that's yeah, a good word. And that's and that's something that I, even I'll admit it. Even as a even even as an adult, um, sometimes not you know not so much recently because I'm in a different phase of my life. But in earlier <laughs> earlier eras of of Ricklingby's life, um, <laughs> I used to reduce conversion to just change, and change is scary. Yeah. Change isn't something that comes easily to a lot of people. Like we're, yeah. we're reluctant to do yeah. it. Yeah. But when you add that adverb "better," like yeah. change for the better. Yeah. Um. That 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 um alters the entire complexion of the expression. Yeah. Like you are moving to something better. So you either you either trust that God is going to accomplish that, or, or you don't.
1: Yes. You know. So Lent is about becoming better, about improving, and and the the better and the improving, is um. Experienced in a gratitude, in a generosity, in a joy. I mean, these are all these are all uh, fruits. Who among us wouldn't want more of this stuff, mm-hmm. right? So enough with the mediocre. Yeah, and let's let's really improve, and let's work with God for that to happen.
0: Yeah, that that word generosity is especially important because uh, Father Dubé thinks. Um, I mean, he says in chapter two, he says the. The fundamental or the most important conversion is converting from egocentrism, Yeah, you know, from, from egoism, from a, right. from a focus on my small whims and desires and reducing everything to me um, to truth, to reality, to something that's, that's more than just what I want the way I want things to be, but the way things actually are, the way things God has ordained them to yeah. be, the way yeah. he's structured them to be. Like that's that's the fundamental conversion, and it's it's a hard one. It's one that takes a lifetime. You know, sure. we don't accomplish it uh, in a year or two. It's we we chip away at it and grow. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that 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 turning away from egoism or ego, um, ego egotistical um, views of ourselves. Like that's that's the the first big change that we have to effect in ourselves.
1: And for most of us, and th- that includes all of all of our listening friends, it's. Um... It's almost always uh, an aspect in this moment, uh, not the totality of my life, but there's something right. within my life—a strand or a lane or a part of my life—that I just have really been reluctant uh, to step out of being the center. And I've got to believe those those first two words of Jesus, or among the very first words that he speaks in Mark's gospel, that Father Dubé mentions. Mm. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. You know, repent is the call to change, change, yeah, to be converted, to improve, to to be better. So the fact that he even says that presupposes that it's possible, right? <laughs> right. So be uplifted by that, yeah. And to believe, and the, and the belief here is not in my own ability. The belief here is in God's provident goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of, or, or what we've been talking about <clears throat> for the last few minutes, it made me think of. um the uh, The gospel reading from 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 Mass uh, this past Sunday, the the temptations, mm. oh, specifically, specifically the t- the second temptation, um, where you know Satan takes Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple and tells him to, sure. to throw himself off. Sure, we have um, you know sort of sown within our fallen, damaged natures uh, a desire to to be someone, you know, to to be important, to be appreciated, um, and none of that is is necessarily sinful. But it takes minimizing that that desire to, to grow in the way that we're talking about now, you know. Um, God has the power to do really spectacular things, but it's, it's diabolical to tempt him to do those things for selfish purposes, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, that's the point behind the second temptation is Jesus refuses to be a rock star, basically. Yeah. Jesus refuses to... Um, rely on divine assistance in a selfish way, and, yes. and Lent is um, Lent is all about us imitating and, in, imitating Him in that regard. Yeah, you know, reducing my own selfish smallness and allowing, you know, Christ's outward focused love to to grow in me.
1: Yeah, yeah. In, in that specific uh, instance, the temptation is that to honor, esteem, pride. Recognition, right, and from the from the um, elevated place of yeah, right, the, right. on top of the temple yeah. itself, and kind of a look at me, mm-hmm. showing off, rock star, absolutely, yeah. and how hard that is in this day and age, which places um, such fascination on those who have these viral moments, mm-hmm. right? That the culture is just rife with self promotion, so. Fully acknowledge that it, it is really hard. That cascades down. We breathe that in. Yeah. And yet we have opportunities to be freed from that. And the and the, the the freedom is not having to chase it and not having to be defined by it. Mm-hmm. Defined by it in a negative way. It didn't happen to me. Therefore, I'm upset. Or defined it in, in a way that becomes... Uh, self-promoting. I got a taste of it, and I really love it. So I'm going to manipulate others mm-hmm. so that the adulations come and I'm recognized. Yeah. I'm ensnared in both cases. Yeah. Well, now you're just showing off, Father.
0: Showing off. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some good uh, some good pastoral insight there. <laughs> Stop it! Would you that's make me battle. look bad? <laughs> that's the battle.
1: That's the battle, right? <laughs> and the opportunity. The battle and the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I. I as a plug for this book and a plug for this author, I was unfamiliar with Father Dubé. I think until the seminary, and he, we didn't read his—we didn't read any of his uh, his works in the seminary. But he had a uh, a work that had a lot of interest, mostly in religious communities, called Authenticity. I think it was. I think that work was authored in the late 1960s, and it was a oh, very, wow. very helpful work. Yeah. At the time, and it was one that spoke to me. Yeah. Um, subsequently, he's written all sorts of short treatises, as you know. Right. But the gist of, of Father DeBay as a writer, later he would go on to be on EWTN, be a speaker. Someone might have heard of him because of that. Mm-hmm. Although I can't say I ever—I don't remember his uh, television presence. I don't either. I, but... I know him as an author. Yeah. And he has a, an exceptional ability to provide substance— and theological grist mm-hmm. in a popular way. Yep. You don't have to be a theologian or, or an advanced scholar to read his ready. work, yeah. and yet you get something. All, all too often, the popular works are just so they're, they're, they're so trivial mm-hmm. and um, anemic, and mm-hmm. th- that they're unsubstantial. Right, right. They're right. they're like affirmisms at best, yeah. self help at best. Yeah, yeah. and he. He's one of those rare authors for me, rare contemporary author who who really does that masterfully.
0: He does. And he, I mean he has pretty diverse interests, I think. I mean, I I would say the the bulk of his work is um, you know, spirituality, but uh I I I I just was just cracked one of his books um the other day. It's called The Evidential Power of Beauty. Yes, which is a heavier Yeah. Theological, influenced um, in part by by your your a mentor of mine, yeah.
1: <laughs> Father Hans Urs von yeah. Balthasar. Yes, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean it, anything he writes is going to um, is going to have a spiritual flavor to it. It's not going to be academic theology, but that one's a little heavier work than uh, than the one we're we're
1: looking at for for Lent here. Um, and while he let's let's say this again, Rick. Well, while, while the book is not a treatise on Lent. There are right. such books that exist. Yes, this is a book um, that puts forward the, the summons of Christ for conversion. Mm-hmm. This what what we're saying is to become better, uh, to improve, uh, to be freed from those things that are restricting us from being better and improving, mm-hmm. and things that are that are um, threatening our joy and our happiness and our gratitude and of course the pathway towards this he's going to develop in this work as deep prayer deep conversation right. with god really getting to know god really encountering christ as mm-hmm. lord savior messiah and king and so this work is a um, a terrific resource during the season of lent Although it's not about Lent,
0: no, no. But I mean, it's you know, and it's the reason why we picked it. Conversion is, uh, as we've said, um, the focus of Lent. So. It's
1: the reason for Lent. There's yeah. no other. There is no other purpose to have it. Right. 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 So, um, how do we do that? How do we do that? And that's going to be discussed more in the episodes that follow, from insights that Father Dubay gives to us. Mm. He's Rick. I'm Father Dave, and we are really enjoying the opportunity to enter into the profundity of of this season of grace, and we're trying to be better, we're trying to improve, knowing that God wants that not only for us, but for all of us and for all people, and in part makes that happen by casting the net. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave. A dad and a priest together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation. And we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.